We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Sarah, we're creeping closer and closer to the start of kickoff and regular season football. And you know what that means. The predictions are coming in from every which way. Oh, my gosh. Are they ever? And that includes from the likes of what Stephen A. Smith, Peter King, Jason McCourty, who all shared very, very bold predictions about Lamar Jackson and Zay Flowers. Lots to get to. I'm Bobby Trossett, as always, alongside my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison. It is Wednesday, September 6th, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault. Well, we got more. We got more predictions. We got more national pundits like Chris Sims and Kyle Brandt, who both weighed in on how they view the 2023 Ravens will bode this year. And then we'll give you some of our predictions as well. Yeah, plus Baltimore's first unofficial depth chart has been released. We'll give you some observations in terms of how that looks and some upgrades to M&T Bank Stadium you should probably know about entering this upcoming season. Yeah, we have all of that and more coming up. Thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. Bobby, as you said, it is prediction season. That is what it's all about, the couple of days leading up to week one. So that's what we're going to do. You know, if you like the Ravens to be under the radar, this is not the season for you. (laughs) This is not the season for you. So one of the big predictions, obviously, that all national pundits make during these couple days leading in is who will win the MVP which has really become uh, become a, a quarterback award. Really, those are the only guys that that really get it. So, um, plenty of people picking the likes of Patrick Mahomes, including Shannon Sharp, who is Stephen A. Smith's new uh, co-host there on First Take. Um, you know, just just Aaron Rodgers is a big name. All sorts of names. Now, Stephen A. Smith, he is going with one Lamar Jackson, which makes me nervous, Bobby, because. You know, Stephen A, I don't feel like he's right all the time, but I will say I do like his logic in this. Take take a listen. And I think it's going to be Lamar Jackson. Let me tell you why I feel that way. First of all, Lamar Jackson missing five games the last two years. I think he's he's determined, obviously, to be healthy, obviously. You know that 
they lead folk, they led folks, you know, in yards per carry and obviously rushing yards whenever Lamar Jackson is on the field. Okay, so we get that part. Right. But now you go on the passing route. This is a brother that comes into the season after signing his new deal, which we all know he deserves. Yes. And he gets his new deal, and what does he say? I want to throw over 6,000 yards. That's right. what he's talking about, right? right? So we talk about regular season because the MVP is a regular season award, right? We ain't talking about players. We ain't talking right. about championships. Yes. We talking about regular season. Yes. Now I got Lamar Jackson and his running ability. I got Dobbins in the backfield. Here's what else I got. I got Odell Beckham Jr. I got Zay Flowers, yes. okay? You know what? And not Ava DuVernay, Devin DuVernay. Not Ava, just Devin. Devin, Devin DuVernay, Duvernay. okay? We got him and Rashad Bateman. Went healthy. Do you know two of the fastest receivers in the league? They ain't Tyreek Hill. They ain't the cheetah. They ain't Jalen Waddle. But when you talk about 21.5 miles per hour, the speed that they're recorded yes. for running and whatever. So we see that speed. We see the experience. We see the gifts that he got. We still got an all-pro tight end. You know something Mark about Andrews. that. Hall of Famer. You got Mark Andrews. His brother's no scrub, right? So I take all of those things into consideration. And then I'm looking at this particular stat. 95 touchdown passes since 2019 okay the most for a quarterback without a pro bowl wide receiver in nfl history right i'm looking at it from that perspective that's what you came into the, that's what you did thus far right and now you now you got odell beckham jr right. and flowers with andrews with bateman with duvernay i'm sorry so a couple of things that um i like i like obviously he's building on all of these weapons around the ultimate weapon, which is Lamar Jackson. Completely agree. I think this offense has the chance to be absolutely explosive. I think for a while it's going to need to be. I'm not so sure what this defense is going to bring because of the cornerback position. We'll see what happens with the pass rushers and all the youth there. So, listen, when you have all these weapons, it, it's crazy to me. Even with the brand-new offense, I'm seeing analysts – Former football players not saying, oh, I need to see it first. That's bananas to me. And I think the logic behind that is because now that you've given Lamar all these weapons and you can't ignore Lamar, whatever you do, there's going to be a problem. Like if you leave Lamar alone, he's going he's gonna to be a problem. If you leave OBJ, if you leave Zay, if you leave Mark. So I like all that. What I didn't like about what Stephen A said there is, first of all, he brought up the 6,000-yard comment. Lamar has already been on record saying he was just saying like he threw out a big number because he was trying to say, oh, I feel like we're going to be that explosive, you know? So that wasn't like a real, like, oh, I'm going to put this up on my wall. This is my goal that I'm going to get. The second thing I didn't like is he made an emphasis that this is a regular season award. And he's like, not the playoffs, not this. Now, granted, Lamar is one and three in the playoffs. Fine give that but we're talking about the future we're talking about predictions and he made it sound like he thinks Lamar is going to have a good regular season but isn't so much a believer in the postseason I disagree I think this is the year that the Ravens of course always the caveat about being healthy if they are healthy they will go deep into the playoffs that's what I believe comment that was taken out of context about the 6,000 yards is something that's become all too common within the national media Right, it's almost like this. You're looking at it from a thousand feet up, and you see something pop up on Twitter or whatever. It registers with you. You don't look further into it. And as you touched on, I think really well, it, it was made clear in, in the days following, and even maybe even the weeks following. The next time he spoke, that that's not what he was referring to. I think even Harbaugh may have been the first to address that as well. So you hate you hate when that stuff gets perpetuated because that's how. 
now on, on Stephen A's platform. That's how it gets taken out of further context outside of that. But uh, I think what I've kind of come to realize recently, just gearing up for the season or whatnot, talking through predictions, listening to predictions like Stephen A's, is that I think Lamar has a chance to actually do less than what he did in 2019 and still be a bona fide candidate for MVP. And that speaks to what they were able to put around him this offseason. But just think about that concept. Lamar's going to have, Lamar can do less than what he did during his unanimous MVP season and still be eligible for that award. And that to me, like, encapsulates every great thing that happened this offseason. He can be a distributor, he can be a facilitator, he can put on the cape when he needs to. He doesn't have to put on the cape every single week in and week out as if he has to. And I think it's felt like that at times throughout his five years in Baltimore. So that to me is is the breath of fresh air that we're now entering into in this new era over the next five years with, with Lamar under contract. I feel like there's two two major factors when they they pick the MVP. I think one is just gaudy statistics. So if you're saying that like Lamar has to do doesn't can do less meaning he doesn't have to be Superman. I agree. I still think some of the big statistics are going to be there like when he led the league in touchdown passes like or led the league in total passes or touchdown total touchdowns is what I'm trying to say. Like he there were like week in and week out the Ravens were putting up ridiculous offensive stats and points every year. So I still think those need to be pretty big. So that's one, but I do agree with you. Like he won't have to be Superman as much because other guys will be able to do that. Like, like, you know, if he had a run for 1200 yards, that, that 2019 season, well, now he can dump it off to Zay for a five yard out and then Zay can go 40 yards, you know? So yeah, I, I agree with that. And it'll still count like as stats for, for Lamarck. So I, cause I think the voters still look at that. The second thing they look at, and this is the only thing, this is the main thing that holds me back of saying for sure Lamar is going to be the MVP, is I just think storyline plays into it. I definitely think there's a story with Lamar coming off of the contract year. These other teams said they weren't interested when he was on that tag. Um, coming back from injuries two years in a row. So I think that's a good story. But the story... As much as good press the Ravens are getting in the national media right now, it still pales in comparison to the New York Jets and Aaron Rodgers. I think that if Aaron has anywhere close, say like Aaron and, and Lamar are neck and neck, I think the media are going to want to give it to Aaron because that's an even better story than Lamar's story. It's like you were feuding with your former team. You give him a giant middle finger when you went to the new team and gave them a pay cut. Where, but you wouldn't do it for your old team. Like, all, like, and I mean, it just is like, it's all Aaron Rodgers and the Jets national media. And so I feel like if they're even neck and neck, it'll be Aaron Rodgers who gets it. You know, it's unfortunate that this is just the reality of, of the way that these, these awards are decided. And it's funny that you just bring that up because in a lot of ways, you do all that you can, right, Lamar? And at the end of the day, it's completely out of your control. It comes down to the longtime pro football writers. And I was just having this conversation in my mind last night. We're taping this on the fifth, on the fifth, which you know Tuesday here. And uh, Gunnar Henderson, the Orioles phenom. This is his rookie year, and for American League Rookie of the Year, 
he's a he's a front runner. But it's going to come down to, and to your point, the story and the writers. And mm-hmm. I tweeted something along the lines of like, you know what, Gunner, you have done, stop the count. You've done everything you possibly can. But who knows how this thing's going to come down to because it's it's legitimately the writers. And there's a lot of biases involved, whether they say like to say it or not. There's a lot of storylines involved that, that, you know, push people in certain directions. But I think it's point well received and taken because New York is is going there's a reason why they maxed New York out they want all the national eyeballs on them all season long Aaron's one of the most polarizing yet lovable now in the New York media characters that we've seen and he's a former Super Bowl champion oh yeah he's a quarterback so yeah that he could have something stacked against him there but uh, I think a lot of the, the, the folks in this fan base and nationwide and Ravens flock would trade in a Super Bowl versus uh, a second MVP so Let's keep moving along the prediction side of things, though, because Zay Flowers has obviously garnered plenty of attention as we've covered. It's well documented over the course of this offseason as he gets ready for his rookie year. And one of the McCourty brothers for Good Morning Football, Jason McCourty, has a lot to say about Zay's Offensive Rookie of the Year candidacy. I'm going to give you a date, too. September 3rd, 2022, a year ago, is when I picked my Offensive Rookie of the Year. I was in Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts, watching a college game, just out there to see my alma mater. And next thing I know, there was this player on the other side who just was absolutely balling. Ten catches, 117 yards, two touchdowns in the college game. I'm like, who is this kid? He can absolutely play. He needs to be in the NFL at some point. That was Boston College's Zay Flowers. Let's go! Wide receiver was unbelievable. And now he's a member of the Baltimore Ravens. Quarterback Lamar Jackson will be looking for this guy to get the rock in his hands. You talk about playing on primetime. You talk about storylines. Talk about the quarterback, the wide receiver on the other side, and the Odell Beckham Jr. We're going to see a lot of Zay Flowers. His teammates have already nicknamed him Joystick, and the actual human Joystick has already given him the name. Dante, all he said, it's okay. They can call him that. It's a little bit different. Great storyline. And you talk about winning games. Baltimore is going to be good. They're going to be playing against a lot of good opponents in their division. I can't wait to watch Zay go off. Zay Flowers is my offensive rookie Woo-hoo-hoo. of the year. Let's go. The hype is real. The hype is real. That'd be really, really cool. A Ravens receiver. Mm. Time to be alive. The hype is real. Look, the, the hype keeps going. So ESPN, they put on their Instagram stories, uh, I think just at the end of last week, uh, don't be surprised if wide receiver Zay Flowers is the offensive rookie of the year. And then I went to go grab the audio of this, but um, this is when we used a little bit of the audio before. This is when Odell Beckham Jr. was on the Rich Eisen show. I went to go get the audio, but his phone was breaking up and it doesn't sound good. So I just grabbed the, the screen grab of the quote, which is basically him saying that he thinks that Zay Flowers is going to start creeping into everybody's top five wide receivers. I mean, that's a big thing to say from a from a veteran wideout who has been in the top five of wide receiver lists all over the place. See, Bobby, to me, this is a harder one to predict than predict than MVP. MVP, I feel like you kind of have your usual suspects. You're picking from quarterbacks. And then w- from rookies, you're not necessarily doing that. I, you know, if one of the quarterback rookies takes off, then that would be an easy thing to do. But it's like, who's really going to like translate from the college game to the 
NFL game. That's hard to predict. And to be honest, I'm not even paying attention to the other rookies. Like I'm paying attention to the other MVP candidates, but right now I don't know all of them. So it's hard for me to say for sure Zay's going to win it over everybody else. And it's hard for him to do it. But I will say I agree with Kyle. I think the hype is real. We've been trying to hold, I mean, we've obviously been just covering all the positive news about him. I feel like the hype is real. I feel like he's the real deal. Whether that means he's O'Roy or not, I do not know. But I feel like the hype is real. So whether he finishes, Peter King, by the way, he put out his predictions. He felt like Flowers would end with the um, second most votes for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, he was behind Lions running back Jamar Gibbs. Am I saying his name right, Bobby? I think it's <laughs> Jameer. Jameer. Okay, Jameer Gibbs. Uh, that might be written down there incorrectly, but Jameer Gibbs. So, um, I, oof, yeah, Zay, Zay, I think he's the real deal. I don't know if he'll, he'll, he'll rent, win this, but I think he is going to change the narrative in Baltimore about drafting receivers. Let's keep this prediction train going because I'll stick with NFL Network here as well. Kyle Brandt, who we know is riding hot with the Ravens. We've shared some of his content with Good Morning Football over the course of the last couple of weeks. And he was actually asked to, to pick all of his division winners and he's riding with the Ravens. Here's what I think is going to win it. Okay. What logo do you think is going to be on here? Because I think it's going to be this one right here. Oh. I think this is going to be the best offense Lamar Jackson has ever commanded. He is happy. He is healthy. He is paid. The defense will make enough plays. And in a crazy AFC North, the Baltimore Ravens will win it. Just keep it coming. I mean, it's coming, like I said at the top, it's coming from all different angles. And we're going to share you ours in just a second here. But Chris Sims also weighs in as well. Uh, works, of course, for, for NBC, and his AFC playoff picture looks as follows. And for the audio-only folks, he's got a graphic up on the screen here. We'll go top to bottom here. AFC playoff picture, I should say bottom to top. Pittsburgh coming in at 7, 6. He's got Cincinnati, 5, New York Jets, 4, Miami, 3, Jacksonville, 2, Kansas City, and 1, Baltimore. So he's got the Ravens as the top overall seed in the AFC several months from now when the postseason kicks off in early 2024. So for whatever it's worth, again, a lot of different national folks are buying what Baltimore is selling. Peter King, uh, not as high, but he does have the Ravens finishing 10 and 7 going to the playoffs as the sixth seed. Uh, having the Bengals winning the division and then the Steelers also making the playoffs. I don't know where all this buzz is, is coming from the Steelers. I mean, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of buzz for them. With some people, I, I saw um, Mike Greenberg even say that he the Steelers would win the division. That's, that's bananas to oh. me. So maybe I'm sleeping on the Steelers, but I, I just don't see them beating both the Bengals and the Ravens in this division. All right, so Bobby, let's... Let's turn this around and bring it to us. We've we've been out there. We we grabbed the very typical national media predictions. Let's bring it in a little bit and have more Ravenized predictions, stuff that you're not going to hear out there. Um, so we're going to go over quickly the our, our predictions for the Ravens receiving leader, rushing leader, sacks leader, offensive MVP, defensive MVP. And I didn't write this, but can we give season record predictions? I think we can do that, right? 
All right. So why don't you, why don't you kick us off with the receiving leader? So most of us can probably agree. It's just straight up more fun to be there for live Ravens football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official resale ticket marketplace of the Ravens, Ticketmaster has a wide selection of fully verified resale tickets. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Plus, if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. So do yourself a favor and find verified resale tickets today by visiting Ticketmaster.com forward slash Ravens. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I'm going to go with the guy who's on that one-year prove-it deal. There's a lot of questions, obviously, about Odell Beckham Jr.'s status health-wise, being that he hasn't played regular season football since two Super Bowls ago. But I think the instant chemistry that he seems to have with Lamar Jackson bodes well for his production. And I think specifically, given his past experience with Todd Munkin, the, the art of Odell himself and the importance that he can be in a relatively young, inexperienced wide receiver room, I think that puts him atop this list. I do think there's going to be some parity up and down the wide receiver room, which will be great for overall production within the room. But I think Odell is going to be favored, and I think there's going to be an instant connection, not only across the middle with Lamar and Mark, which is always going to be there, but on the outside now. And that's something that Lamar has not had in his career. So I'm, I'm riding with OBJ, and, and, and that's where we'll start. I think we could legitimately name four guys that could all – OBJ is one of them. Mark Andrews is still one of them. I still think Mark will lead the, the team in catches, by the way. Maybe not yards, but in catches. Sure. Uh, Zay is a legit person, and Rashad Bateman is a legit candidate. So – I mean, any one of those four guys, if we ended the season, it'd be like, okay, yeah, that's not surprising that any of four of those guys win it. So I'm having a hard time. I'm having a really hard time with this. I'm split between uh, Rashad Bateman and Zay. I am going to go with... Uh, I should have made my decision before we came on here. I'm going to go with Zay Flowers. I'm going to go for Zay Flowers. I so wanted to go with Rashad, but I just think that Zay creates so many yards after the catch plus 
don't get it twisted. He's not just going to be taking short passes. I think the Ravens are going to use him to stretch the field to keep safeties honest. So I could see him getting deep balls too. Well, I might be crazy. We're going to go with Zay. All right, let's move on to rushing leader. Who do you got, Bobby? First of all, I think it's hilarious how you did basically like a live decision-making process <laughs> there, which is good. So, but by the way, I mean, like to your point, you could go in so many different directions there. Yeah. What I always like, you know that I don't like the concept of predictions, but when I do do them, I like to go bold. So that's basically what I'm going here. Now, okay. with the rushing standpoint, this is not bold. To me, this is Yeah, obvious. this isn't bold. If, yeah. If JK, it's the only answer. If, Jace, if JK stays healthy, which we're all expecting, we're all hoping for, we're all pulling for him, heading into the, the final year of his rookie deal, given everything that's taken place, given how much time has been lost to that torn ACL and the aftermath of it and the scope and, and just the competitor that JK is, if he's healthy, he wants to be the, the, the bell cow. We don't know if he's going to be that in this potential running back by committee philosophy here with, a, with a, a, you know, a deep room, but I'm going with JK and I wish the best for him and I can't wait to see him as well. Uh, participate and hopefully be productive in in some pass yard situations as well. Yeah, I think that JK is the obvious answer, but I don't think it's the only answer. Um, I think Lamar is legitimately in this conversation. Uh, in the end, I do think that JK edges him out, but I only say that because I don't know. <clears throat> I, st I like I've said this before. I think Lamar could put up a thousand yards rushing in his sleep. Um, and I don't think there's going to be as many designed runs. I don't think they're going to be gone totally, but I don't think there's going to be as many. But I think he's going to still get a crazy amount on scrambles with the way people are going to have to be, pay attention to the rest of the Ravens' uh, weapons. It wouldn't surprise me. I, I don't think... Yeah, I just don't... I still see him around 1,000 yards, but I see J.K. beating that. So I'll go with you on J.K., but I think Lamar will be right there. Okay, let's move on here. We're going to flip over to the uh, defensive side. Um, we're going to go with sacks leader. Bobby, who do you got? Yeah, so obviously this is a, a big department here because with Calais Campbell and Justin Houston elsewhere, and those were the guys, not respectively there. I believe it went Justin, then Calais in, in terms of overall sack production. Justin led the team with nine and a half last year, and if I'm not mistaken, Calais was around five and a half. Uh, to me, Justin Matabike was that next guy. And Justin's somebody who has been a great developmental project for the Ravens, who's really grown within this system. And I thought that last year, you really saw somebody who can break out and can be a game wrecker in the trenches. And so I'm going to go with Justin Matabike. Obviously, Adafe Owe and David Ajabo, you hope for big years for those guys. In a lot of ways, it's David's rookie season given last year's injury. And in Adafe's case, I know a lot of folks are picking him for you know, his, his, um, his breakout year, but he just hasn't shown me enough to feel confident about either one of those, those picks. So I'm going with Justin Matabike. How about you? Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, it, it, this one's crazy with the pass rushers. I, I, I want to believe, I think Matabike is a good pick. I want to believe one of the outside linebackers can beat him. I, I don't know that Justin Matabike, I feel like Matabike having five sacks would be really good from a defensive tackle. Um, and you'd want one of your outside linebackers to beat that. Right. And so 
that leaves you with, well, who are you going to pick? Owe, David Ajabo, or Clowney? I would like to go with OA, but I just haven't seen him become more than a pressure pressure guy. Is this going to be finally the year that he breaks out? You want to go with David Ajabo, but then you get nervous about watching him in the preseason, but then everybody keeps telling you he was holding back. He's he's great in the regular season. Then there's Davian Clowney, who, like, if the two young guys don't develop, then maybe he ends up, you know, stepping up the way Justin Houston did. But Clowney's kind of been up and down in his career. There's nobody with a ton of evidence that, like, makes you feel good about any of them. So you are literally going out on a limb with any of these guys. I'm going to go with, I don't trust OA. I feel like David Ajabo showed in college what he can do, what his p potential is. We saw what he did against the Bengals with Burrow. Holy crap, I may look like an idiot at the end, and, and I've said i got to be patient with him, but I don't think that it's like he's got to get 10 to beat everybody else. I just think he has to be better than Owe and Clowney, you know, and Matabike. I could see se I could see several guys getting like six or seven sacks. So I'm going to go with David Ajabo. Okay. Riding with a couple of the young boys here in Zay and David. I like it. I, I want that optimism. I just... You know, in terms of the prediction game, I just I don't have that confidence to pick either one of those guys, and I'm not going to go with I'm just not going to go with Clowney because I don't think he's going to be asked to be that guy this year. It'd be awesome if he ends up sipping from the fountain of youth like Justin did a year ago, but we will see. Offensive MVP to me, there's not a ton of analysis needed here, just because we know how much weight the quarterback position holds in this league in the year that is 2023, and despite maybe him not needing to put on his cape. More often than not this year or, or the opposite of that or whatever, I still think everything funnels through Lamar. And so he is my 2023 offensive MVP. Yeah, I'm not going to add anything to that. It's got to be Lamar. End of story. So we'll move over to defensive MVP. I'll let you go first, Bobby, because I'm still mulling over in my head. Yeah, I'm going with the guy who quite literally overnight, what was it, the New Orleans game, if I'm not mistaken, the first game that he played as a Raven after the trade last year. Roquan Smith changed this defense overnight. Speaking of everything runs through somebody like it does for Lamar on the offensive side of the ball on the opposite, it's Roquan. He's going to be wearing the green dot. He's going to be flying around. He's going to be communicating. He's going to be putting hit stick types of game changing physicality, game tone setting types of physicality on opposing players. And I just think that, that Roquan has given this team something that they haven't had since Ray walked out the door and retired. And and that's not comparing the two of them. Uh, I'm just saying, and, and, and who knows, maybe when it's all said and done, they will be able to, there will be comparisons because that's where Roquan seems to be headed trajectory wise. But, but Roquan is the ultimate game changer and the Ravens have that in the middle part of their defense. He makes everybody better. See what, see what happened to Patrick Queen last year. I'm riding with Roquan. What about you? Yeah, so I think they're paying him to be the MVP. I think he will be the MVP. I think some honorable mentions could be uh, Marcus Williams. Like if that dude ends up getting, uh, I mean, he he didn't play a ton of games, but still had, I think, led the league, or led the league, led the Ravens interceptions. I'd have to look that up. Um, but I think it's something like that. I also think that sometimes the MVP is just a guy that like, you can see the impact immediately like we did with Roquan. So if if Marlon Humphrey played out of his mind after he if he came back from his injury and just like was the man that kept the cornerback group together, his punch outs, you know, all that kind of stuff. 
I could see him being an honorable mention, but uh, yeah, yeah, I would give it to Roquan, probably second on the list, Marcus, Marcus Williams. All right, so let's keep this train moving. The Ravens released um, their game book, and in their game book, they always put out the um, depth chart. We're not going to go through the whole thing. We'll just kind of go through some of the takeaways. So uh, we'll first start on offense. Bobby, do you have takeaways from looking at this? Uh, we're, we've got it up the whole thing for the video only people, but um, it's mostly what you what you would expect, except for maybe the couple of takeaways that we've got. What do you what do you have there, Bobby? Yeah, I mean, you just see quarterback, obviously, right? We talked about this earlier in the week with this new rule. Remember, like, Josh Johnson was called up to the 53-man roster really probably because of the new rule. Like, if 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 both your first and second quarterbacks end up being ruled out of a game, you can bring in that game-day active quarterback to help you out rather than going to a, a different positional player who's your backup, 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 you know, third, fourth, fifth emergency types of, uh, t you know, type of situation at quarterback. So they're going to ride with that and, and we'll see Tyler Huntley or Josh Johnson. Does that kind of beg the question in terms of, you know, who's going to be available? Is this a little bit of a game gamemanship at some point here, Sarah, when do they need to designate? Uh, you know, again, this is going to be released as of what Wednesday morning they play Sunday. When do they need to designate who's going to be their primary QB this weekend? Or I'm sorry, they're secondary to Lamar. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know the exact timing. My guess would be is they would have to put that in when they put in their inactives, right? So they would have to say who's number two or number three. I don't know that this is gamesmanship because I don't know how – I mean, the Houston Texans are preparing for Lamar Jackson. You know what I mean? I think this is more the coaches still saying that this is a competition, which is what they've been pushing since the yeah, beginning yeah. of the offseason. So yeah. the other takeaways here, J.K. Dobbins for a while, he was sitting out. We can remember he was holding out, so he doesn't get to be number one on the running backs list. But he is back. He's in there, so he's number one. And then, <coughs> excuse me, um, Patrick McCarry, the main backup at center. Although, even though they have... Um, oh no. And then he also got him at, as the main backup at left tackle. Okay. That makes sense. And then obviously we already knew this John Simpson, the starting left guard, and then Sala, the backup there at left guard. So that one, not as many surprises. Um, but on the defense, I feel like there's a little bit more we can learn. Yeah. So here you got at quarterback and the, the or is always kind of stop or what am I saying? The the oars tend to stick out. You got Rocky Asin or Ronald Darby. Is that the same, Sarah, as the first slide where where that's potentially open up for competition? Or how do you read that? Yeah, I definitely read it that way. Um, so it's gonna. So a couple ways I take a look at this. I'm surprised that there's an or with Rocky Asin. He was the one who got Marcus Peters money. That should be, that's my job. There should be no or there for him. So I don't know if that's based off of he was injured a long time. So I don't know if that's just based off he was injured so they didn't get a feel for him. Maybe it's because Ronald Darby is also a an experienced corner that they brought in once they found out that Marlon Humphrey went down. So maybe they're trying to show respect to Ronald Darby. So, but I would like Rocky Sian to just have that. Maybe they're just showing respect. So the question is for week one, then to look at it from a week one lens, we know Marlon Humphrey's not going to be there. So is it going to be Rocky Sian and Ronald Darby? 
as the two <clears throat> as the two cornerbacks. Because right now behind Marlon, they have Brandon Stevens. So will it be Rocky Sin and Brandon Stevens? Donald Ro Dar Ronald Darby and Brandon Stevens? Or just Brandon Stevens out and then Rocky Sin and Ronald Darby? Now the reality is, is they'll all get playing time. Uh, Brandon Stevens will be out there, but I agree with you. I found that the cornerback spot very interesting. The other spot I found interesting, so they've got David Ajabo. We remember that <coughs> Tyus Bowser is on the NFI list. So they've got David Ojabo as the starter at Sam and then Jadavian Clowney after him. On the other side, it's Odafe Owe and Tavius Robinson. So David Ojabo gets the nod there. And then, you know, weak side linebacker, this may be nothing just because Trenton's a rookie and they're, they want to make him earn his keep. But, you know, weak side, you got, of course, PQ starting opposite Roquan, then Del Delshawn Phillips. And then Trenton Simpson, their rookie out of the third round out of Clemson. So there wasn't a ton of buzz the way you would hope, I guess, uh, around Trenton throughout this offseason and preseason. But again, that could just be him being a rookie in what is, we know, one of their deepest position groups in the entire team at inside linebacker. So that's that. That's the way that, again, this is the unofficial depth chart released by the team uh, from public relations. It's subject to change, and it might between now and Sunday. Elsewhere, if you're getting ready to make your trip down to the bank on Sunday, which I'm sure a lot of you are, which is exciting. Things are back going in Baltimore. The Orioles are pennant chasing. The Ravens kicking off regular season football. It's an exciting time to be in this city. Uh, the Ravens team account put out a few different upgrades, put together basically a, a piece on a few stadium upgrades. And so I wanted to read a few of them just so folks kind of know what to expect going to the bank. And you, again, you can find all of this on BaltimoreRavens.com in full detail. But basically, I found this to be kind of cool. Mobile ordering is now available at nine different pickup concession locations throughout the stadium. So orders are placed directly from your device. You can head to the Ravens mobile app to place your order on game day, and there's different sections. You can go back and look specifically at what those are offered for. But uh, I thought that was kind of cool, so you don't have to wait in line. Uh, streaming video directly from your cell phone to the Ravens vision screen with flock cam is now a thing. The flock cam is now a thing. And we know that from a tech, you know, a technical standpoint, Ravens productions is award winning deservingly. So for just their advancements and how high tech they really are. So look out for the video prompts during the game and have your phones ready inside the Ravens 2023 game day programs. They're given out uh, upon entry on game day. There's now going to be a commemorative ticket included for each game. So for my memorabilia people out there, I think this is probably something that you guys might enjoy. You can be sure to take the program home with you or tear out the commemorative ticket to, to create a frameable design to commemorate the Ravens 2023 homestand. And then just a logistics thing. I know I'm always looking. My, my phone's getting old, so that, you know the battery life is always a thing. But there's new portable battery charging stations, and they've been added all throughout the bank. There is a cost. It's $2 for 30 minutes of charging. But I know a lot of folks that I'm friends with, Sarah, they go out to Fed Hill before the game or they're tailgating at you know 9 or 10 a.m. And you know then you go out after, and all of a sudden you've been out and about for 9, 10, 11 hours, and the iPhones are literally built to like, I don't know, combust after like three or four years that's just how apple does it and and to me I'm, I'm getting to that point so i need to upgrade at some point soon because i've noticed that like when i go out for the whole day like my battery life is dead by by the end so 
just a, a small little wrinkle there. All right. So just moving on some, to some quick hits as we close up here. Um, I thought this was kind of, I don't know. I liked it. Maybe it's just because I know uh, I'm feeling the same way, but they put up uh, a picture of the entire wide receivers group and we all know who's in there versus who's been in there in the past. And then they quoted the, the Meek Mill uh, line. I used to pray for times like, like this. And so they put up, you know, as part of the caption, they had to do it with the laughing emoji, but it's true. How many, how many Ravens fans have been praying for, for times like this. The other thing that I thought was really cool. So the Ravens got their, um, don't blink campaign. That's like their campaign for the year, their marketing campaign. So I've got up on the screen, their, their Twitter post for this don't blink. And they have up, you know how on Twitter you can put up four graphics and um, they have four where they, it's like put together so that it, um, has the, close up of the birdie logo but with those glowing red eyes and then if you actually click on one it expands into kind of cool graphics of some of these players and all the players all these like little graphics that they put of their faces together have the red glow glowing onto their faces so my absolute favorite and you might have to check this out audio people for on on youtube but my favorite is that Roquan screaming right next to J.K. Dobbins? The way they put that together is awesome. The the red glow over his like he looks insane. Like he looks like he's going to kill somebody. Like it's just like run from Roquan. Then Lamar with just the stoic face, the red thing. But my favorite. I don't know why this is my favorite. Check take a look at Zay Flowers. They got him with like his face kind of down, but an evil grin. And then he's kind of got his dreads coming. He kind of like reminds me of the Joker. And then right next to him, they kind of have David Ajabo. They've got his back right up against Zay's face and his head's down with like his dreads totally over, over. Like you can't see his face at all. It's a side profile. Anyway, I just was looking at all of them. I think they look great. Just such a good job from the Ravens graphics department. You can go to their Twitter page and check that out. It's 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 really cool. I thought it was well done. Zay's smirking as if everything that, that you've predicted and the national folks have predicted, he knows dang well that he's going <laughs> to deliver on all that and more. That's the smirk that he's got right now in the middle part of yeah. that screen. So, yeah. yeah, good stuff there from Ravens production. I feel like We've we've uh, we've covered a pretty much. Do you want to get to anything else before we jump? Nah, nah. I think we're good. We should probably jump now. If, we, if there's anything that was really pressing, we could do it tomorrow. Yeah, we have various pieces of content that we sometimes get to and sometimes don't. But for yeah. time constraints, like we mentioned, we will uh, move things along. And as always, we wanted to thank and and shout out and give some love to a couple of our returning patrons who are supporting everything we do here inside the vault this month. So shout out Rick Henry and shout out Matt DiMaggio. We appreciate both of you guys for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. And if any of you out there are interested in doing the same, now that we have officially arrived, we're closing in on kickoff. It's a great way to help support the show. And it's also a great way to maybe even get some incentives uh, in terms of return as well to check out what we're offering. You can visit patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault podcast. And if you're a small business owner out there in Baltimore or beyond, Got some great opportunities for you out there as well. And if you want to get involved with, with us in different capacities, you can find all that information 
by visiting that. So with that, for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this episode here inside the vault. Next up, we have a special featured guest dropping by. Like we mentioned, we're getting back into our opponent perspective types of game preview episodes. So the great John McClain, who's written for the Houston Chronicle for a long time, and he is a legendary figure uh, for the Texans perspective and just what he's done. We'll give you all of his accolades coming up later this week, but he's going to drop by to help us get ready for week one and get you ready to kind of you know, be smarter going into week one. Ravens-Texans, Sunday at 1 o'clock inside the bank. We'll talk to you soon.